Could I be more blessable and more usable? And before you think you know what the answer to that question is, I want to let you off the hook just for a minute. It has very little to do with church attendance, with praying, with even reading your Bible. Now, let me just quickly say, those things come out of what we're going to talk about. They're the actions that come out of where we're going to go and the answer that we find in God's Word this morning. But you can be in church regularly and not be blessable by God. You can be in church regularly and not be usable by God. So here's, here's where I, what I want to say, that how do I become more blessable? How am I more usable to God? It has everything to do with the position of our heart and our mind. It is a posture that we take. It is a position that we put ourselves in. Um, I'll, I'll never forget uh, my college basketball coach used to yell at us all the time, to get in the right defensive stance. You didn't think he would have to do that with 19 and 20 and 21-year-olds, but he would say, hey, get down in your stance where you can slide your feet, where you can defend and get your hands up, and he would try to get us in the right position because if we weren't in the right position to make the play, it didn't matter how low we were in our stance. And the same is true spiritually speaking, that if we don't position our hearts and our minds in the way that we need to, God's not gonna bless us in the way that he wants to. He's not going to use us in the way that he desires to. So let me just say this. If you're here this morning and you would just say this about your marriage or your relationships, that you want to take a next step, that you want, to, you want to, it to be better and it to continue to grow, this is a posture you need to take. If you're like, I need that next step in my walk with God, this is a posture that you and a position that you need to take. So let me um, give you a little background on what we're going to read today. We're going to first be in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah uh, chapter 5, and this is what's happening. God's speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to tell his people Israel, judgment is coming. And that doesn't sound like a fun thing to hear, right? Judgment's coming. But he also, in the midst of this, says, He's calling them to repent. He's saying, listen, I'm going to judge you for what's going on in the land, for your hearts, for your attitudes, for your actions. I'm going to judge you for that, but but beyond that, I want to call you to repentance. And that's kind of where we pick it up in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30. And uh, we're going to see some things here just in these few verses. It says, an appalling, horrible thing has taken place in the land. Well, that right there should get our attention. Appalling, horrible thing has taken place in the land. And he goes on in in verse 31 to say this. The prophets, the ministers, the preachers, the prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own authority. And here's where the danger comes in. And the danger in that first sentence is on the prophets and the priests because they're going to be judged. But then it says this, my people love it like this. My people love it like this. Being blessable, being usable, starts with us putting ourselves 100% firmly under God's authority. Now, some of us hear that word authority, and we're just kind of born uh, rebels. Is anyone in there just you admit that about yourself? You haven't always had a great relationship with authority. You can put your hand up. Lightning's not going to strike. The person next to you might, but lightning will not. 
But being blessable and usable, the starting point, the foundation, the thing that has to be in place for us to experience God's blessing and for us to allow him to use us in the way that he wants to fulfill the, to fulfill the purpose of our life is that we put ourselves under the authority of God. Listen, you can believe in God and not be under his authority. You can know a whole lot about God. You can read the Bible. You can pray. You can show up to church and and still not put yourself under the authority of God. Most of us are comfortable with the idea of authority. It starts from a young age. We have hopefully parents that uh, exhibit good authority in the home. We understand that. There's teachers in our life. We learn about policemen and others that have authority. We learn about the government and what they do. And so authority is a comfortable thing for us. It's something we are, we're familiar with. But most of us are uncomfortable with unlimited authority, right? It's okay to have some authority in our life, but it's, uh, if it's unlimited, it gets a little bit dangerous. And that's why um, in, our, in our U.S. Constitution, uh, there's, there's things put in there so that there is an excessive authority under, for one person. And it's the, way, it's the way that we structure our church. It's the way that a healthy New Testament church is structured. And that for many years, the authority of the church was the person that stood behind the pulpit. And that was the only authority. And they ran everything. They ruled everything. They made all the decisions. But there's not health in that. And so the, the way that we're set up is that we have elders that come alongside our staff and myself, and, and we work together. And there's plurality there. So we put limits on authority. We understand that. But here's where the tension is. We put limits on authority in government and in the local church and in our communities The problem is just simply this. Many times, because we do it in all those areas and arenas, we put limits on God's authority in our life. And we still ask him to bless us. We still ask him to use us. We we still want to love him, and and yet we want to say, God, you can can bless me in this area, but I'm not giving this area to you because I I don't know that you can be trusted, or I don't know that you can do better than I can do in this area. And so we just kind of pick and choose. God, you can have this, but I'm gonna take this. And we, that's where we go, and we wonder why. Why is God not blessing my relationships? Why is he not blessing my home? Why is he not blessing me in my career? Why is he not blessing my finances? It's because we don't put all of it under the authority of God. And so that's the position that we need to take. Um, and, and it's as simple as this. If there is a God, and we believe there is, Let's let him be God and do exactly what he wants to. Let's let him be God and rule every area and arena of our life, not because he wants to rule us, but because his way is better. Do you believe that? Do you believe that his way is better? That was a weak amen. I mean, is his way better for us than the way that we think is best most of the time? It is, and we either learn that or we live with that. And um, his, his way is just better. He knows more than we know. He sees further down the path than we can see. And one of, one of the ways that we limit God's authority in our life is by our lifestyle, by the way that we live, the choices that we make. Sometimes we don't take the next step because we want to do something or we don't want to do something that God says we should do. Because I, 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 we don't take the, because I want to do what 
I want to do. God, yeah, I know that your word says this and the principles in the Bible say this, but God, I, I, I'm just going to set that aside in this arena, in this area, because I want to do what I want to do. I want to make my own decisions. I want to live my best life. I want to do my own thing. If we really want God to bless us, if we really want him to move in our hearts and our minds and our lives, if we want him to use us, I, I want you just to, to say this with me this morning because I have a feeling that there's some of us that don't believe this in this room. Just repeat this after me. God wants to use me. God wants to use you. Well, Kevin, I don't know what that looks like. Guess what? I don't either, but let, we can find out together. God, Kevin, I, I don't know how that's going to play out in my life. I, I don't either, but I do know this. God has purpose for your life. You're not in the midst of the situation you're in right now by accident. You're not dealing with what you're dealing with in life right now by accident, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your home, whether it's for your future, whether it's dealing with your health. None of those things are by accident if you are a child of God. And sometimes, I, if I'm honest, I want to look at God and go, is this an accident? Why is this happening? This isn't fair. This isn't right. I don't like it. I would choose a different path. I would choose a different way. And that's when the rubber really meets the road, and we have to look at our lives and go, have I put my entire life under the authority of God, or am I picking and choosing what I want him to be involved in? See, we're designed by God to be under his authority. Think of it this way, in our bodies. We're designed to be under the authority that God puts on us with our physical bodies. If I wanted to be a fish... I can't be a fish, right? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not built to be a fish. If I wanted to fly outside of hopping in an airplane or some other aircraft, I can't fly on my own because I've been limited and I've been given this body for a reason. It's how God designed us. The limit we establish becomes a, a new authority in our life. And so Jeremiah goes on in verse 31 and says this, the second half. And he just said, listen, my people love it when the prophets prophesy falsely, when, when the priests have all the authority, they love it like this because they can just kind of do whatever they want. And then in verse, the second half of 31, he says this. But what will you do at the end of it? When your life is finished, when you've completed everything, what will you do at the end when you've lived this way, when, when you have not lined yourself up with what God entirely wants for your life. So I want to, um, and I'm going to help myself with this today, I want us to fill in a blank together. Just, just right now in our own minds, I'm not going to ask you to shout it out or do anything, tell your neighbor, but I, I want you to finish this. And maybe we'll change the we to an I, that was my fault. I want to be blessable and usable, but fill in the blank. What, what's the blank for you today? Maybe there is no blank. Maybe, maybe you have surrendered it all. You've given it all. God, I, I, I've put all of who I am under your authority, my future, my relationships, my marriage, my finances, my career, my retirement, my family. I've put it all under you, God, because I trust you, because you're good enough and you can be trusted. But what is that blank for you? I, I want to be blessable and I want to be usable, but I just can't give this to you, God, or I just can't relinquish control of this area. 
believing in God, being in church, and praying are all important things, but they're not the same as putting all of our life and all of ourselves under the authority of God. That's why, unfortunately, the divorce rate, the amount of greed that you see, the addiction to porn, all those numbers and statistics are the same outside of the church as they are inside the church. The reason for that is just simply, <laughs> there's, there's so many things we hold back from God that we don't lay under his, at his feet. In our relationships, in our sexuality, and in, in all those things. Where you say, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading the Bible, and this is what it says about this, and I just don't know if I can go there, God. That's a little uncomfortable for me. I think my way might be better. <laughs> have, have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever told God that? I mean, my way might be a little bit better than your way, God, in this area or arena. I have, I've told him that. Maybe you haven't, maybe you, you've never. I, I've gone there with God. God, I, I think my way of living and my choices that I can make are better because I, I, I mean, I'm living this life. You're not, you're up there in heaven, you got a million things to worry about all over the world and all these people you gotta deal with and the prayers that come up. And God, I, I can figure this thing out on my own. I don't need your help. My way is better than your way. Can I tell you every single time when I've said that and begin to live that out of my life, it ends up in trouble. It ends up in a lack of fulfillment. It ends up in a lack of true joy because I just haven't laid it and done it God's way. I, 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 wanna, I wanna pick, I wanna choose. So we need to check, and I wanna challenge you to do this today. We need to check our position and the posture of our heart and our mind and our life. Are we laying it all under God's authority? I mean, if we're gonna serve him, if we're gonna trust him, if we're gonna depend on him for salvation and forgiveness and grace, wouldn't it make sense to, to depend on him for everything? I mean, I always kind of found that kind of funny. The biggest thing in our life that's gonna affect our eternity forever and ever and ever, heaven or hell, it's depending on Jesus for what he did on the cross for us, for forgiveness and grace and mercy. And we all know this, that God's the only one that has the ability to judge. We see that all throughout scripture. He's gonna be the one to judge the hearts and the minds and the thoughts of men and women. And we depend on him for that. And yet we can't depend on him in our relationships. We can't depend on him and our, our, our finances. I mean, those things are big things, right? But we're talking forgiveness. We're talking grace. We're talking mercy. We're talking heaven or hell, life or death. We depend on him for that with salvation. And yet we sometimes struggle to depend on him in the other areas or arenas of our life. So here's the, here's the, the big question. How, how do we move into, if I'm not positioned fully under the authority of God, how do, we, how do I move myself in there? How do, I, how do I change my position? How do I change my posture? How, what, what choices do I need to make that are different? Let's go over to the book of Isaiah, one book back in the Old Testament. Um, if you have your Bible in front of you or if you're on your phone. Isaiah chapter eight, here's another prophet that God used to speak to the people of Israel. And, and this is what it says in, in verse 11 of Isaiah eight. For this is what the Lord said to me. With great power, 
to keep me from going the way of this people. Now let me just hit pause right there. To keep me from going the way of this people. The Israelites were depending on pagan nations. They were forming alliances with pagan nations. They were not putting their faith and their trust in Yahweh or God. They were instead um, looking at other gods and other idols. They, they, they had just, they had gone the way of the, the people in their area of the world and some of these other nations. And so God's saying, I, I want to keep you from going the way of this people. And I look at them and I read this in the Old Testament and I go, wow, how could they do that? I mean, God had been so faithful to them. He brought them out of Egypt and slavery and they crossed the Red Sea and he done all these miracles in the Ten Commandments. And just one thing after another, all the judges that came through, how could they choose to do this? And then I look at my life and I look at the life of people that I know and go, wow, we're not really that much different from them. We tend to go the way of people, what other people think about us, what other people say about what we should do. We follow the people. We go with what's popular in society. And um, some of us, and I am I, at the top of this list, is how I'm wired. And I've had to really work at not doing this. And if you're out there in the crowd today and you're the same way, you're going to understand. I'm wired to be a people pleaser. Are there any others out there like me? I just, I like to please people. It's kind of how I am. Um, and while that's a good attribute, sometimes it can get you in trouble when that's the only thing that causes you to make choices is how am I going to please people? We go with what's popular. We go with how many views we're getting on social media. And we, I mean, and God's just simply saying, I don't want you to go the way of this people. For the Israelites, it was other nations. It was other gods, pagan countries. For us, it's the way of society and, and the way that people think and, and what we lean into. He goes on and says, do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. Let me ask you this question this morning. There, there's a lot of fear out there right now in, in our world, isn't there? People are afraid of a lot of different things. Whether it's the economy, whether it's the future, whether it's wars that are happening, whether it's um, the environment, there, there is a lot of fear out there in our world. And God just simply says this, listen, do not fear what they fear, do not be terrified, because ultimately God is in control and he is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he's ultimately in control. And what we fear tends to be what we're, is, the, is connected to the authority that we're under. What we fear is connected to the authority that we put ourselves under. And so as you read through scripture, you see this phrase about fearing the Lord, and that's not being afraid of God. That's not being terrified of God. That's not being spooked by God. That just means putting ourselves in a position to reverence God, to have an understanding of who he is and how much he loves us and his holiness and just just who he is and his attributes, we're to fear God. What we fear is connected to the authority that we are under. 
You ever done something totally based off of what other people thought and it got you in trouble? I, I, I probably could share some stories uh, about that and some illustrations, but God's really put this, this thought into my heart this week as I was wrapping up this message earlier in the week. And it's just simply this. The people of God should not be afraid of what most people are afraid of. If we're really trusting, if we're really placing all of who we are under God's authority, we should not be afraid of what most people are afraid of. It goes on in Isaiah verse 13, and it says this. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. So my challenge to you today and my challenge to myself and my own journey spiritually is let's dare to treat God as God. That he's the only God. They're, they're not a bunch of different gods. He's the only God, and he's all sufficient, and he's more than, he's more than capable. He's more than competent, and I'm going to fear him, not because I'm afraid of him, but because I trust him, and I'm going to place all of my life under his authority, and when I do that, when that's my posture, when that's your position, when that's where we land, we all of a sudden become blessable by God. Does that mean that, that we make that decision and the next week $20,000 shows up in the mailbox? Probably not. Does that mean we can depend on God to take care of our needs? Absolutely. When, when, when we put all of who we are under his authority. I think so many times, especially in the South, we're guilty of this in the South. And listen, I know I'm not from the South. We always have debates of, is Virginia South? Well, it was the capital of the Confederacy, and it's, so anyway, at one point. But let me, let me just say this. It is south of the Mason-Dixon line, but I've lived, we've lived in Mississippi for a while now, and so I feel like I can say I'm a, I'm a Southerner on some level, and I married a Texan, and that's like a whole other country. Anyway, um, <laughs> In fact, I'm surprised they're still part of the U.S. Anyway, um, and I mean that with the utmost respect. Um, this is what we do in the South. Everyone believes in God. Yeah, there's a God. There's a man upstairs. There's some being up there. I believe in God. I went to church with Grandma when I was five. I went with Aunt Betty. I sang in the choir. I mean, wait, the list can go on and on. We in the South really believe in God. But I think that's where it stops for many of us. We don't really trust him. <laughs> I believe in you, God. Just in case there's a heaven and hell. I believe, right? But trust him. He's good enough. He's faithful enough. He loves us enough to be trusted with every area and arena of our life. And this is what Isaiah is saying to these people. He's the only God to be feared. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of these pagan gods. Don't be afraid of these gods of these other nations. Don't fear the people. The... God is the one that you should fear and be in awe of. And then he goes on, and this is really a little bit confusing, but hopefully I'll make it make sense because I think there's something beautiful in these next two verses. This is talking about God, and it says this. He will be a sanctuary. Now, for the Jewish people, 
That word sanctuary had a whole host of meanings. It was a place of beauty. It was a place of worship. It was a place of security. It was a place of safety. So God will be a sanctuary, but for the two houses of Israel, he'll be a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over these. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. So he can either be a sanctuary or he can be a trap and a snare. How we treat God is how we will eventually experience him. And so... This is the question I've been asking myself throughout getting ready for this today. And I don't really like this question because I see cracks in the answer in my own life, if I'm being honest. Because it's just, it's really easy just to kind of self promote and do your own thing and think you have all the answers and think that you can take care of it. But here is the question Whose authority am I under right now? When I look at the totality of my life, because we, we can place ourselves under our own authority. We can place ourselves under other authorities in the world, but whose authority am I really under right now? And hopefully the answer is I've placed all of who I am under God's authority. Well, how do we do that? What does that look like? And I think sometimes the, the reason that we don't do it is because we think, God, if I I give you control of all of who I am, I'm not going to be as happy as I could be if I just take care of it. Or I'm not going to be as fulfilled as I might be if I just take care of the deal. Another church that I attended, I wasn't even on staff, but this this happened in college. Um, and, And college was a different thing for me. I went to a college that required church attendance. And we had to sign up, we had to scan a little a form and sign a card that we went Sunday morning, Sunday night. And, and so you had to find a church to be a part of. Um, there's rumors that people in the school would just pull into the parking lot and say they went to church and check it the next day. Anyway, um, but so we, I was involved in church as a college student and just, I wasn't super engaged or involved, I just kind of was there. Because if I'm being honest, um, after being in school in a lot of theology classes and Bible classes and having chapel every single day of the week that was mandatory, um, if I'm just being gut level honest as a 19 or 20 year old, the last thing I wanted to do on Sundays was go to church. Isn't that horrible? I was a Bible college student. I, 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 I just was like, I, I just, but, but I, we found a life-giving church to go to, a group of us. I had some friends at my college and another college in town, and so we would drive 20 minutes to go to this church. And I, I, tell, I say all that just to say this. Um, there, was a, there was a guy in our group that I, I think his whole mission in life, and he was, he was a few years older than us. I may have been 19 at that point. I think he might have been 22. He was a senior. I was a sophomore. But I watched him. He was desperate to get married. I mean, he really, we had this joke at the Bible college that I went to that ring by spring. That was the, that was the thing for, um, you know, hey, we're going to get the ring on the finger, in fact, we used to, we used to um, 
we used to joke that because it was predominantly male. There's probably it was probably 75% to 25% male female ratio at our college. Not great odds for the guys. And in fact, this was I don't even know why I'm telling these stories. Anyway, um, <laughs> and this happened every year. The freshmen would come in, and all the guys would be like, oh, "I guess see what freshman girls there are, right?" Because we used to joke that there was this 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 degree that the ladies could get that was called an MRS degree. And um, if you don't get that, that's, uh, that's okay. It was, uh, it was a degree that they could get with a ring on their finger. And, but this guy, he, was, he wasn't focused on anything else but finding a wife. Unless there was nothing wrong with that. And I, but he, I mean, that shouldn't have been his sole focus. But I, we watched him make choices that weren't healthy for him. We watched him, and he was in our group. He was in a group of like eight or ten of us. That we, we, were, we were there, we hung out, and he slowly disappeared from that group because he, he, he was with this person and this person and this person. And, and looking back on it, I just thought, man, he really wants to be married. But seeing it now, 30-some years later, it, it was like, man, it was obvious that, that that was an area of his life that was really a struggle for him to place under God's authority. And I wonder if he had just said, God, I'm going to trust my future to you, because it, it was easy to trust our future to God with our careers as, as ministers. Whether you're going to be a missionary, a music pastor, a youth pastor, as I was, whatever. It, it, was, oh God, I, it was so easy to say, God, I trust you with my future. But it was sometimes hard to say, I trust you with my future as it relates to my desire to be married. And he couldn't do that. And he made choices that just it, that made him go down some paths that were just not healthy for him. And I just say all that to say this. Sometimes we don't give God control because we think we can do a better job of making ourselves happy. I was just visiting with someone this morning that was just sharing with me about uh, the joy that the Lord is giving her and, and the attitude that she's trying to have around that. And, and I think man, there's something powerful and there's a lesson for us all. We can work really hard to make ourselves happy, but there's a joy that we only experience when we allow God to put it in our life. Because happiness many times is dependent on circumstances. How do we feel about our job? How do we feel about our life? Do we like our, our neighbors? Do we, um, are we happy with our spouse? Are our kids listening to us? Do our grandkids ever come to visit us? Am I enjoying retirement? Am I enjoying... It, happiness comes and goes. But there's a joy that comes... When we say, God, I'm, I'm just laying it all at your feet. I trust you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. I feel like I'm doing like a Saturday Night Live skit when I say that. Some of you will know what that means there from about 20 years ago. I'm so dating myself. Um, God can be trusted. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to a different point. I'm way off track here. I've abandoned my notes, and that always gets me into trouble. <laughs> Amen is right. So he, Isaiah just said, listen, God can be your sanctuary. He can be your refuge. He can be the, the place of beauty, the safe place, the secure place in your life if you will just trust him. Or he's going to turn into a snare or a trap. And then in, in Isaiah eight sixteen, it says this. Bind up the testimony, seal up the instruction among my disciples. And I love that word disciple. It just simply means someone who's trying to follow another, a follower of Jesus, someone who's learning and growing. Um, that right there speaks to 
the position that we've been talking about this morning, about placing ourselves into the authority of God. Living under God's authority cannot be separated from treasuring his word. So we can't say, God, I'm going to put all of who I am under your authority, under who you are, under what you've said about the best way to live. And you know what? Here's your word, and I I agree with most of it, but I'm not going to put myself under it. We can't have it both ways. Bind up the testimony, seal up the instruction among my disciples. Verse 19, he goes on. It says, when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the spirits who chirp and mutter, shouldn't a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? And here's what was going on. And you guys can kind of see it. And I'm going to wrap up in just a minute. They were literally, his people, the people of Israel, the called, chosen people of God, they were going and trying to learn about the future through people that were dead. And I think about that, I'm like, man, that's, that's really foolish, and why would they choose to do that, and why would they think that that's going to help them get, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I'm reminded about people that I know um, that, that believe in horoscopes, and trust Fox News more than they do the Bible. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm just reminded, we, it's so easy for us to, to go to some other source rather than God's word when his word has been laid out for us and it's right there. And there's never been a time in history where you and I have more access to God's word than right now. I mean, it used to be if, if I wanted access when I was in high school to God's word, I had to have a Bible in my locker. But you know what? We just do this with God's word today. Take out our phone, open up our favorite Bible app, version, whatever it may be, and go there. It's, it's right here. It's on our computer screens. It's on our tablets, on our iPads. It's right in front of us. Verse 20 of Isaiah 8 says, Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. What's that deal with the word dawn? I would say there's no freshness, there's no revitalization, there's, there's no rejuvenation, there is no dawn, there is no the best is yet to come without putting ourselves under the authority of God. It all starts with the word of God, God's go-to instruction and testimony. And so um, we want to do all that we can around here to help you engage in God's word because we, we believe that, that matters in our own individual lives as we try to walk out our faith. And so sometimes the, the question that we get or that I get sometimes, well, Kevin, how do I, how do I read the Bible? And I, and, and I love that question. I think that's a question of someone who's wanting to learn and grow and, and become more and more a follower of Jesus. But I think here's maybe a better thing. What if before we ask, how do I read the Bible, we ask, am I gonna obey the Bible and what I read? Because there's lots of people that read the Bible and we don't obey it. We just kind of go, well, I'm, I'm glad God said that. So it's not, how do I read my Bible? It's am I going to obey the Bible? 
What does the Bible say about this? What does it say about that? What, what advice does it, does it give me about this? Um, I, I have a friend that just shared with me recently that, I mean, you know, they've got some things in their life that are a little crazy right now in their situation, and, and I was asking him about that, and he said, you know, I've been spending a lot of my time in the book of Proverbs because there's so much wisdom in it. There's so much there's, there, there's, just, there, there's godly wisdom all throughout, not just Proverbs, but throughout the Bible. And it's there for our benefit. It's there to help us. It's there to, to when we question, God, I need to be reminded of your faithfulness and your goodness and your, how, how, what you've done in the past and what you're going to do in the future. If we will place ourselves under God's authority, and that, the starting point of that is, what does the Bible say? If we will do that, We set ourselves up to be blessed and to be used in a way that's going to make a difference in people's lives. It's going to make a difference in our lives. And that's what God wants for us as we follow him. So I want you to close your eyes with me this morning. And this is how I'm going to ask you to respond today. As eyes are closed, if you would just be honest enough and you're here today and you say, you know what? Um, I love God. I've committed my life to Jesus. I'm, I'm doing my best to live for him. But there's, there's an area or there are areas of my life that I have not given to God. I've not placed under his authority. I've kind of held on because I think I have something better. I think I know better. Or I think I can do better. And, and I want that to change. I want you just to lift your hand up. We're going to pray together. And listen, this is, <laughs> there's no judgment in these hands going up, but there's hands up all over this place. The good news, and you can put your hands down, the good news is that God was giving the Israelites instructions of how they could do something different. And he's given us examples and instruction of how we can make changes. The question is, am I going to be willing enough to make the change in whatever arena or area that is. And I, I want to pray with you right now, just in this moment. Be, because can I, can I tell you this? And I don't always go there with this line, but I, I think this is really true. Is that the, that the enemy would like nothing more than for you as a follower of Jesus to have some areas of your life that you haven't given to God fully and you haven't placed under God's control. And so he'll do whatever he can. He'll distract you. He'll discourage you. He'll, he'll get you thinking about other things. And I say that just to say this. If you're making that choice today, and there were probably 50 hands that went up in this place, if not more, that said, I, I have an area or areas of my life I need to submit to God. Um, he's going to try to do whatever he can to get you not to do that. Don't buy into his lies or his trickery or his deception. But let's pray together. God, we come to you right now. And um, Heavenly Father, we recognize that we're not perfect people, that we don't have all the answers. But man, sometimes we just get in the way of what you want to do. 
You want to use us to impact others. You want to bless us in, in, in so many ways. And, and yet our, our lives and the choices that we make and the decisions that we choose, they so many times get in the way of that. And, and so for all of us that raised our hands today that said there's an area or there are areas of our life that we need to place under your authority, God, would you give us the boldness? Would you give us um, the, the ability and just, just the steadfastness to place those things under you. And God, we'll begin to make some different choices and we'll make some different decisions and we'll honor you and we'll look to see what your word says because your word is absolutely the guiding principle for our lives. And so help us. God, we, we want to be, be blessed so that we can bless other people. Because according to scripture, that's why you bless us. It's not so that we can get blessed and just feel good about life. It's that you've, you've blessed us and turned to bless others and to help others and to encourage others. And God, we so desperately want to be used by you because life without you using us is a purposeless life. And so help us. Allow your Holy Spirit to work inside of us and, and to make the changes that we need to make. And God, we will be quick to give you the honor and the glory for it. God, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Your faithfulness is so real in our lives, and we're so thankful and grateful for that. We look to you today, and we pray and ask you to do this for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Would you just stand with me right now quickly where you're at? Now, I just want to give this invitation just because I think this is important, and I, I, we don't want to miss a Sunday in doing this, um, and we're going to dismiss in just a minute, but if you're here today, and you can look at me, you don't need to close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, meaning you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, today you can make that choice. And, and there's nothing that will set your life under God's authority more. It's a starting point than making a decision to accept his forgiveness and his grace that he's given to us by what he did on the cross. And you can do that right now in this moment. As, as people are standing, as we're getting ready to dismiss, you can do it in this moment right now. And it's just this knowledge that God wants a relationship with you and with me in such a significant way that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. And you can show up to church every Sunday. You can be a great neighbor. You can be an amazing boss. You can be a wonderful citizen. You can give to charity. All those things are good, but they're not going to get you to heaven. Jesus is the only way for that to happen. And so we make a decision to put our faith and our trust in him to accept the forgiveness that he offers us through what he did on the cross. And you can do that right now. And I just want to lead you in this prayer. And you make these words your own. God, I come to you now and I admit that I've sinned. Jesus, I'm turning my life over to you right now in this moment. I'm asking you for your forgiveness and your grace in my life. Thank you for this forgiveness of sins that I'm experiencing. And God, I'm going to live for you from this moment on. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. It's in your name I prayed this prayer and asked these things. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, um, you can let us know in a couple ways. You can certainly verbally talk to any of the staff, myself, right after service. Also over at the guest services table, there are some connection cards. You can communicate that way to us. And if you have loop on your phone, you can also can communicate in that way. Um, let me just put this thought in your head. How do you think God wants to use you this week? Is there a conversation
that he wants to use you to have with someone? Is there, is there just simply a, um, uh, an outlook or a, a smile that he wants to use you to bless others with this? How, God, God's setting, he sets us up. You ever been set up? Have you ever been set up before for anything? I've been set up on a blind date once. It was a disaster. That's probably another story. I figured, listen, I'm not doing too good on my own through sight, so we're going to go on a blind date. And um, it was just not, it was, it was not good. I don't think I've ever told that story here. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll tell that at some point. It's got to make sense. Today I went way off with some stories, and that gets me into trouble. All that to, God's setting you up this week, not on a blind date, but he, he, he's setting you up to impact people's life. He sets us up every week. He kind of puts the ball on the tee for us, and he wants to see if we'll swing and hit it. And so for you, what does that mean this week? How are you going to swing and hit the ball that God sets up on the tee of using you to impact other people's lives? And just think of the difference that we can make in this world um, when we allow God to use us in the ways that he wants to. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing day. Stay dry, stay cool. And uh, men, don't forget Saturday night. We want to see you 6 p.m. Thank you.